All right, Matthew chapter 11, please. Back into the study of Matthew. And this chapter kind of has two focuses this morning. One of them is John the Baptist. Okay? And the main theme of this chapter is the works of Jesus. All right? And we had discussed this well back when we were looking at Matthew chapter 4 a little bit. But again, now that we're here in Matthew chapter 11, um, I like when God's word shows us that we're human. Um, and we're going to look at that a little bit here this morning. We're going to look at uh, John the Baptist who sends some disciples Jesus' way because he has a question. Uh, and uh, I like sometimes the fact that we as humans say, Lord, what's going on? You ever do that? Don't lie to me. Yes, you do. Sometimes things are going in our, our lives and we're just like, uh, Hello? Uh, this is not how I thought things were supposed to work, okay? And uh, we wonder, and uh, God gives us a great example here. Uh, and so this week, we'll be looking at this. Next week, we'll be looking at John the Baptist as well um, as a person and what God was using him for in his whole prophecy and how he fits. But this morning, I want to look at John's take on uh, his own personal situation and how he approaches Jesus about it. Um, and I don't know about you, there have been many times in my life where I've been in a situation my own self and gone, uh, God, <laughs> mm, this is not how I thought things would be working out. Uh, can you give me a clue here what's happening? Uh, I'd love to have a little bit more understanding. And um, God gives us a little help in this today. So we're going to look at a few verses because we are going to look at some prophecies from the Old Testament. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I want us to understand how personal this is in John the Baptist's life. Um, we start out looking here, uh, Matthew chapter six, uh, Matthew chapter 11, 1 through 6. Let's read it together. And it came to pass, when Jesus has made an end of communicating, or commanding, excuse me, the twelve, he departed thence, to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the, uh, uh, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which he did hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, you be with uh, your word this morning. Thank you so much for um, this example. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would help us, Lord, as we learn this morning, Lord, use your Holy Spirit. I am not the teacher. Lord, I'm just sharing what you've laid upon my heart. Your Holy Spirit nudges each one of us with what we need to hear. So, Father, please uh, take your word this morning. Help it to 
adjust us to be better servants, to be more like our Savior, and to trust you more. So, Father, we're just so thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, uh, just as a way of uh, reminder, because it's been a couple of weeks, um, that Jesus had sent out the 12. Remember, he called them, said, these are my apostles, gave the command to go out and share the truth that Messiah was here with Israel. Uh, and when he had done all this commanding stuff, that's where we're picking it up right here. So in all this stuff that's been going on, everything that Jesus was doing, John the Baptist interjects again. Okay, And he's been involved so far, and we're going to look at that in a minute. All right, But John the Baptist sends a couple of disciples to be involved in this. So um, just in case you're wondering, sometimes this is called Jesus' third Galilean tour as he is entering these cities. We'll look at them next week. Jesus has been doing his ministry now for a little while, and John the Baptist has a question. All right, now keep going. John the Baptist was put in prison. Um, now, it's very soon that he will be headed. Uh, the reason he was put in prison, just for some history, as he confronted Herod about the marrying his brother's or half-brother Philip's uh, wife, Herodias. Uh, there is questions on whether or not he, uh, this was an adulterous relationship and he stole her from him. Okay, And John the Baptist decides that it's time to call him out about this. So uh, when you start uh, standing up to the powers that be and tell them they're in sin, it doesn't go over very well. So John is in prison. And again, yeah, the verse in Mark, keep going. Okay, it was not lawful, it was a sin while his brother was still alive. It seems as if Herod Antipas took her from Herod Philip. Here's the Matthew passage in chapter 14. Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. So just wanted to give you some history. Why John the Baptist is now in prison is because he stood up and told the truth about this adulterous relationship and got himself in trouble, all right? And if you were in Sunday school this morning, you will remember how Dan prefaced it by saying, uh, when you stand up for the gospel, you will have resistance, okay? This is one of those issues. He stood up to tell the truth, and he didn't, it wasn't liked, and he was thrown in prison over it. All right, so there's the history. Briefly, uh, now, John hears of the works of Christ. This is the theme in the chapter. If you want to look, we just read all the way through chapter 6, uh, verse 6, but look down to verse 20. Then be, uh, he began to upgrade the cities most, uh, wherein most of his mighty works were due. What do we got next? 21, same thing. For if the mighty works which were done in those cities, down to verse 23, Okay, exalt shall be brought down to hell for the mighty works which have been done. The theme of this chapter is the works that Christ is doing. All right, that is what I want us to understand. Um, we just went ahead and had an opportunity to give God some glory and praise for some of the things he's done in our lives. Some of the works that have happened in our lives. Some of how God is involved in us on a daily basis and doing special things for us or maybe not so special things for us. You ever have a question about something that God is doing in your life? I have. Uh, you ever have a wilderness experience? 
That's kind of a Christian term that sometimes people use, meaning all of a sudden God brings you out to a place where it isn't so easy because he's trying to teach you something. And it's not so smooth sailing because it's time for you to learn something, time for you to put to practice the things that he's been developing in you. And you're like, "Uh, Lord, this isn't so fun. Well, John the Baptist has a question here. Okay, and he, Jesus points him back to the works that he has been doing. Okay, that's where we're going to focus here this morning. Now keep going. John questions Jesus. He sends to his disciples and says, um, was it the disciples who doubted? Was it John himself that doubted? Are you the Christ or not? Are we going to be looking for another one? Now, I'm going to tell you, we don't know what the answer is here. Let me give you some speculation. Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses which kind of lend toward this a little bit. But um, is John wondering truly about Jesus and who Jesus is? Is it the disciples, John's disciples? And John says, well, if you want to know who Jesus is, why don't you go ask him? Okay, maybe it's John in a training method saying, I've taught you enough. Because you know what? Uh, one of the dangers in growing someone in the faith is that you become their spiritual guide. Okay, and that's the amazing thing that we need to remember. Uh, I'm up here preaching, but I ain't your spiritual guide. Christ is your spiritual guide. Okay, we just said this downstairs praying. You know how many times people have forgotten that it's not your church or your religion or your denomination that you're involved in as a Christian, you're involved with the Savior Jesus Christ and his word. Too many times we've had churches and denominations where people do a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with being a Christian and being in a relationship with Jesus. It's just extra stuff that somebody told them they ought to do as a religious form of activity. I've been listening to a guy on the... On, uh, my phone and i get got in it didn't subscribe but a lot of his videos come up and i go go back and watch him and he talks about the fact that he hates religion because religion has dragged people away from the lord he says you know what i love jesus and i love people who love jesus too now i understand the scripture describes kind of what religion is but the problem is in our world today religion is a bunch of man's ideas on how we ought to function And people have started to say, well, my priest, my pastor, my bishop, my reverend or whatever says I ought to do this, so I'm doing it. And not because, you know, Jesus told me that this was important. And we have to be careful that we're not doing that. So maybe John's sending these guys saying, you know, I'm in prison right now. I can't really help you and guide like the way I need to. Maybe you should go yourself to Jesus and seek him out. Maybe John's having a personal issue. And maybe this is where it goes. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here that uh, John the Baptist had a good idea who Jesus was from the beginning. But now he's sending them with this question, should we be looking for another? All right, keep going. He proclaimed Jesus as Messiah, right? Right in the first chapter of John, when John sees Jesus coming to be baptized, what does he say? Behold, the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world. Right from the beginning of Jesus' baptism, John says, listen, this guy is the one that, Jesus, that God sent. He is Messiah. But now, John is saying, are you really the one that's supposed to come or are we waiting for somebody else? 
What causes John to ask this question? I wish I knew. I wish I could tell you I can look into John's brain. But he asked the question. Now, we just talked about it a couple minutes ago. How many of us have looked at a situation that they're in and gone, God, is this really what's supposed to be happening here? Am I reading this the wrong way? You ever have questions? Don't lie, yes you do. Well, John's got a big question here. So I wonder, again, speculation, but the Word of God does give a couple of clues. He knew the Scriptures, maybe. That was why he was unsure. You want to know what Isaiah says? Let's look at it together. Okay, whether you want to know or not, I'm telling you. Okay, Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, and hath set me to bind up the brokenhearted, and proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prisons to them that are bound. I just wonder if John is now in prison for sharing the gospel, and he's sitting there going, I know the Old Testament prophecies. And the prophecy said when the Messiah comes, he's going to get people out of jail. Am I the only one who just read that? It says when, when Messiah comes, he's going to open the captives and he's going to empty the prisons. So here's John sitting in prison and he sends a couple of guys, are you really the Messiah or not? Now, I don't want to throw John under the bus totally. How many of the Jewish folks that we know historically who understood the scripture, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, religious fundamentalists in the Bible, in the Old Testament, didn't see Jesus as Messiah because their idea of Messiah was the one who was going to come and conquer and rule. And even today, the Jewish community didn't receive Jesus as Messiah because their idea of what Messiah was supposed to do was a little bit off. Well, here's John, right from the beginning said, hey, this is Messiah, he's the one. And now he's going, hmm, um, guys, maybe you better go ask Jesus if he truly is the one. Because I'm in jail, be nice to know. Now again, I'm trying not to cast dispersions on John because I don't know for sure. Maybe he's sitting there thinking in jail, I need to pass these fellows who are my disciples on to Christ so that he can train them. Go ask them if he's the real guy or not. Or maybe he's sitting there going, be nice if Messiah opened up the prisons because <laughs> then I wouldn't be in jail anymore. All I know is John sent these fellows to find out about Jesus. Okay? So, keep going. In Luke, Jesus quotes the same verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recover sight to the blind, and set liberty them that are bruised. Jesus sits down after reading the scripture and says, this day the prophecy is fulfilled. So when we read that passage in Isaiah chapter 61 about the one who's coming, Jesus says, I'm this one. I'm the one who's come to fulfill this. All right, keep going. So opening the prisons, freeing the captives. Now, I want to give you a little clue here. Um, he wasn't necessarily saying he's going to let everybody out of jail. Okay? He's not certain administrations who want to just go ahead and whatever. Did I say that out loud? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Oh. 
Jesus, number one, we know for sure, if you're a believer, if you've asked Jesus Christ as your Savior, you realize that he has freed you from the bonds of sin. That's what he promised in his word. But there's more than that. That At Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, he did set captives free. The Bible talks about the fact that all those saints which were Old Testament believers, God had put them in a special place. They were called captives, and he led them forth. Just a couple of verses real quick, not going to get into this heavy, but Jesus did fulfill this passage of Scripture. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 says, um, Wherefore, he had, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. When Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, he'd set some captives free. Okay, literally, not just spiritually. As a matter of fact, look at what it says in the next verse. Matthew chapter 27, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. When Jesus, we think about the grave opening up and Messiah coming forth as our conquering king. At the same time, there were a bunch of other graves that popped open and a lot of other people were walking around the day of his resurrection. Okay, why? Because he led, did lead captivity captive. Okay, he took the captives and set them free. Amen. So spiritually he did it, but he also did it in a very physical form of, with their bodies, those who had passed on before. You want to talk about that later? I can. Woo, it's sort of sci-fi. I'm telling you, there's, you know, these, all these horror movies about zombies and things like that, graves popping open and people coming back. Man, God did it for real. Hollywood's got nothing on the Lord. All right, keep going. So John was given an answer. Now I want to pause here just for a second because the same answer that John gets is the same answer that we get. Two answers. You want to know about my works? The things that I'm doing? Compare it to my word. That is always what it is. You want to understand why I'm doing something? Look in the scriptures. You want to know why God does things in our lives that we don't understand? They come to pastors and tell, you know, Pastor, I'd love to talk to you. Why is God doing this to me? And I turn on my ESPN. I say, I know exactly what God is doing. Let me interpret that dream for you. No, you know what God says? Go back to the Word, and you'll get the answer you need. Okay? That is the same answer that you and I get. If we're struggling with not understanding why God is doing something in his plan in our lives, go back to the word of God. Lord, I don't understand these works that you're doing. I look around right now and, and think about our culture and our world and the kind of shambles that everything is in, and it's absolutely crazy, even to the point where this morning we were talking about how many people are sick. Well, guys, God said it was going to wax worse and worse and worse. Things are not going to get any better. Things are continuing to get worse. Okay, and scientifically, for those who are science nut like me, it fits with the law of thermodynamics. That it started out like a wound up clock and it's slowly ticking down until it's done. And you wonder why. We have all these things that are health problems now. We didn't seem to have that many. Everything is working according to God's plan. So as much as this place is a nut house right now with some things, 
you can go to God's word and see exactly that it's fitting exactly what God said it would be. You got things in your life that are happening you don't understand? So did John. Jesus says, you want to understand? Let me show you how my works, the things that I'm doing, fit what the scripture says. Then there's another thing, and Dan touched a base on it a little bit this morning in Sunday school as well, is uh, there are a lot of people out there who claim to be a Christian. You know how you prove you're a Christian? That your daily walk matches God's word. It's not just, oh, sure, I'm a Christian, and then you go willy-nilly doing whatever you want to do. You better make sure that your testimony matches about what God's word says. All right, okay, let's look at a couple of verses here. Um, oh, uh, go back to that. I'm sorry, I didn't read that. He's giving the answer. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John, again, those things which he did hear and see. I want to pause just for a second there. Ah, no, I'll go back to that. Okay. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Jesus said, you want to know that I am who I said I am? Because I'm doing exactly what the scripture said I would do. Period. That's exactly it. You want to judge my life? Judge it against the Bible. Okay, keep going. Go and show. That's what I told you I want to stop there for a minute. Uh, guys, we talk about how the, uh, Timothy and how Paul was continuously focusing on the gospel. Well, pastor, I don't know how to tell anybody about Jesus. Yeah, you do. Well, I can't quote the Romans Road. All right. Who said you had to? You want to know the simplest command to go out and reach people for the Lord? You're right there. Three words. Go and show. But, 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 but I'm not some theologian. You know what? Go out there and show somebody what Jesus did for you. Period. It doesn't get any easier than that. Now, the more ammunition you can add to your you know, uh, presentation, your memorizing scripture, all those other things, those are all great. But he says, just go and show. So this week, when you get a chance to leave church today and you're thinking, maybe I can tell somebody about Jesus, go out there and show them what they've done for you. I've said this many times, I'll say it again. Jesus could write the gospel across the sky right now if he wanted to. Birds could start chirping it. Okay, Rocks could cry out, the Bible says. But there is nothing more effective than a human heart that has been changed by Christ. Go and show what he has done for you. That's as easy as it gets. How awesome is our God? All right? What have you heard and seen? It's not complicated. You know what? I was a sinner. I was a wreck. I, my life was a disaster. I was on my way to hell. But I met the one who would take care of my problem, cure me of my sin, and give me an eternity with him because he loves me. It's not hard. Keep going. Notice, Jesus said again. Now, I love this. John had an understanding of who Jesus was from the beginning because he knew the scriptures. And John says, you know what? But Jesus says to John, you know, go tell John again to go look. Look at my works. How many of us 
have been through some rough times before, and God got us through, and we went to the Word of God, and we had understanding. And, you know, this is where if you keep a prayer journal, fantastic idea. Because we ask for a prayer that's kind of heavy, kind of bothering us, and, and oh, man, I write it down, and then God answers that prayer, but we don't write the answer down. And so a couple of years later, when we get in another hardship, we go, oh, my goodness, this is such a hard time. You know what? Remember the last time when God took care of that prayer request and dealt with it and it's all set? Remember again how he's... De- Sometimes we have a short-term memory when it comes to human beings and comes to problems we're in. And we forget how many times God did take us through what we needed to go through, even though we didn't understand it. Jesus says to John, John's disciples, go tell John again to go look at the scriptures. Go look at my works and compare it to what the scripture says. All right? First Corinthians, remember, Jesus was doing every one of these works because the Old Testament said, you will receive a sign. When you see someone come who does all these things, ding, 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 that is Messiah. Why is Jesus doing all these things? Because the Bible said he would. And Jesus continually fulfilling the scriptures. Keep going. Warning. (laughs) But don't get caught up in the hype of all the stuff that goes on today. You know how many people want to uh, get thousands and thousands of people following them because they've got some dog and pony show where they try to use healings and all these special gifts because they think that's what is necessary in God's church today? Okay, listen. We're not going to come up here and perform a farce healing or or do all this kind of crazy stuff to prove that we are who we are i don't need to prove who i am i need to prove who he is period i don't need to add credibility to his gospel because of something i can do he has credibility because of who he is hallelujah for that okay uh keep uh, wait a minute god can still heal we've said this before good thing to remember God can heal you by a miracle. God can heal you by a hospital. Okay, God can heal you because God designed we are fearfully and wonderfully made and our bodies are designed to try to fix themselves because of how God designed them. Or God can heal you in the best way. And let me say that again. God can heal you in the best way. What's the best way? Take me home to heaven. Because I can have an old busted leg that heals up and is fine, but every time it rains, we're so sometimes clutching so hard to this life that we don't remember that the ultimate healing for the pains and aches and heartaches of this life is heaven. God can heal us completely and will someday. Okay, or here's the point John, you're in jail. Well, aren't you supposed to bring me out of jail and set the captives free? But uh, God didn't do that because God was going to get the glory out of John the Baptist being beheaded. Sometimes God allows us to continue to have the problem we have because we get a chance to be strengthened and glorify him through the problem. I like, we just did did some testimonies. And uh, I didn't hear one of us say, Well, now in 2003, God made me a superhero. I am now impervious to any external circumstances in my... No. 
we said, so there were some rough spots, but God brought us through those spots. If we didn't have those rough times, would we, able, would we be able to glorify him for bringing us through? For showing himself mighty, for comforting and giving mercy? No, God sometimes allows us to go through things, John in prison, because that's his perfect plan. Keep going. He says, John, check the scriptures again. Jesus fulfills the prophecies. Let's just look quickly at a few of these verses. Okay? Isaiah chapter 29, 18 and 19. And in that day shall the deaf hear words out of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek shall also have increased their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in is the Holy One of Israel. Keep going. Isaiah 35. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall the waters break out, and streams in the desert. Prophecies about why they should know that Jesus is Messiah. Keep going. Oh, 26, there we are. Dead men shall live together with my dead bodies shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust, for, the, uh, for thy dew as the depths of the herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. He says, you want to know that Jesus is Messiah? John, you're sending your disciples to double check. What does the scripture say about Messiah when he arrives? And everything that Jesus was doing was to fulfill what the scripture said. Always, always, always. All right, keep going. The Jews could have received it. We're going to get into this as we continue to go through, that Jesus actually changes the way he is functioning on here in his ministry because the jewish people aren't recognizing him as messiah even though they've had so much prophecies that he's fulfilling the jewish leadership says uh ah, we don't like to give up our authority we like this position we're in who's this guy that's going to come and mess everything up now please remember part of that is because they thought jesus was going to come as a conquering king Oh, he still is. Mark my words. It's in the scripture. I shouldn't even say that. Mark his words. It's in the scripture. He's still coming as a conquering king. They just thought he was coming right then as a conquering king. All right. Awesome. Keep going. John had a human reaction to his circumstances. John was not looking for a specific fulfillment of scripture. He was looking... For the desired response in his own circumstances. Um, you ever doubt? You ever doubt? I've doubted. I'm probably going to doubt again. But I guarantee you one thing, my doubt is not because God can't do it, it's because I don't like what's going on in my own life. My doubt has nothing to do with my understanding of God and his power, it's usually because I don't like the circumstance that I am in. And it doesn't matter if it's because John's in jail, it doesn't matter if it's because he needs to pass his disciples on to Jesus, it doesn't matter... John is in prison, and he realizes things aren't going like he'd like to, and he'd really love to pin this truth down. 
because of the things that are going on in his life earlier, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Messiah is here, right? Of whose shoes I am not worthy to unclasp. But now he's in a circumstance and he's going, just to make sure, you are the one that's supposed to be coming, right? All because his circumstances had changed. And I know in my own life, many times when I'm struggling with trusting God and realizing that he's working his plan just like he said according to his word, it's usually because my circumstances have changed and I'm not happy about it. I love the fact that God puts real stuff in his word. Keep going. We do the same thing. Well, I wouldn't have done it that way, God. <clears throat> God does everything according to the fulfillment of scriptures. We know that. But do we take it to heart sometimes? <laughs> no. And I'm not answering for you, I'm answering for me. I know this in the depth of my soul. I understand this from the word of God. But when things get tough and, and you look up to heaven and say, why? God is going to continue to do things according to his word. I need to trust him. But my son, well, Craig, you say, I, that's not where I planned on being. I didn't expect to be in that circumstances. But you know what? I know God's doing what he always said he would. He never breaks his word. He always keeps his promises. He's got a plan. And then Dan quoted a verse that we often use this morning. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You know what? You may not like the steps you're in this morning, but they're ordered by the Lord. Sometimes you walk right into a mess and you think, oh my goodness, what do I do? And God says, you didn't do nothing. I needed you to be right there. Trust me. Keep going. Warning. Some will say, well, that's because we're never going to understand God's ways. Okay? And they get this from the verse here, right? Who can understand God? Look at this verse. Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways, uh, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my uh, ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Yes, so that means we just walk around going, I don't know, whatever. No, don't fall into that. Yes, God's got a plan, and I'm not going to totally understand it, but God doesn't want us to be in the dark. What did Jesus say to John? Go back again and look at the Scriptures. You want answers to your questions? We may not get every one of them we want. I think if God showed us everything he was doing, our heads would explode. But he does give us enough information to help us to understand. Look what it says. We can. That's the purpose of the Bible. Check it out. God gave us his word to help us to understand. God gave us his word to confirm that he is fulfilling it according to his understanding of how he laid everything out from the beginning. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. He makes known unto you and me what he's up to. 
Maybe not the very little minutiae specifics, but we're not in the dark. God's people saw the works of Moses, knew God's plan. Keep going. Many things happen in this world, and we need to be more like than just spectators. We need to know how it fits into God's plan. I think about families and how the children, and I've said this before, uh, wouldn't it be great to go back to the responsibility level you had when you were a child at home? Maybe the biggest thing you were concerned about is, Mom's making me make my bed. But other than that, you didn't have to worry about the electric bill and the oil and the paycheck and getting laid off and taxes and the condition of the world. You know, oops, my, uh, my Tonka truck lost a wheel. What a terrible day. Too often children are just walking through happy because they don't have to worry about understanding the same level that the parents understand. You ever do one of these things where you're sitting with your, or been in a family where you do this, where mom and dad start talking about something serious, and then you go, hey guys, why don't you go play in your room? Because at their age, they don't need to have the concerns and the worries. They don't need to understand all that. They can't. And uh, so funny, I've seen through the years of just being in uh, friend relationships where a little kid would go up, what's the matter? I heard mommy and daddy talking, daddy might lose his job. And this poor kid's distraught and just heartbroken and everything. And You know, easy. You know, and you bring it to mom and daddy, you know, he's freaking out. And like, oh no, son, it's okay. We were just, you know, talking about things that might be going on. We have to be praying to the Lord. But the kid doesn't know how to handle that level of information. He needs to just trust that mom and dad got it covered. You know, I love the fact that God gives me what I need to understand. But I don't have to understand it the way he does. I said it a minute ago, my head would explode if I could fathom the things that he's doing. So what I got to do, go to his word. He gives me the stuff I need to know and just trust him in the rest of it. I didn't have to go, Hey, the fridge is filled. Oh, I wonder how much money this cost. wonder how many hours Dad had to work. I wonder how much... The fridge was full. I got Pop-Tarts, dude. This is awesome. I love the fact that God gave us His Word. We can have understanding of things, but we don't need every little bit, right? Trust Him. Thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. God, thank you. You've given me a word so I can get a clue about life, what's going on. Trust you. But you know where my joy comes from? Not from understanding all the minutiae of this. My joy comes from being in a relationship with my Father. That's where my joy comes from. All right, a little bit more and we're done. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. Teach me. For thou art my God and my salvation. On thee do I wait all day. We don't have to work, go through this life going, well, we'll never understand God's ways. Some of the stuff God gives us clear understanding of. Trust him. Look to his word. Keep going. We don't naturally understand God's ways, but we can learn them. 
give you a passage to study later on. But we can read it right now. I'm going to. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Not an unfamiliar passage. But this is the one I haven't gotten written all the way up there. So I know you guys love now that the, the verses are all up there. But you may actually have to flip through the pages to find this one. Great. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Starting in verse 9. As it is written, I hath not he seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God, which things also we speak, not with the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but with the Holy Ghost, or, or excuse me, with the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that had the Spirit judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may be instructed? But we have the mind of Christ. Trust him. God can give you understanding. You ever talk to somebody who doesn't believe God and the simplest things that we talk about, you're like, you know, how can you not see this? Because until you have that trust level in God, back to the family situation, there were times where, uh, even though we hated it, and you guys are going to know what I mean as soon as I say this, because I said so. How many of you remember that phrase? Now, often, it came out because we were resistant. Well, why are we doing it this way? Why do I have, because I said so. That's usually, but you know, there, there was a trust level that, oh, okay, well, this is the way we're doing it because mom and dad said it, okay. Well, you know what? When you trust in your heavenly father and say, well, that's what God said, all right, I'm cool with that. And you wonder why the rest of the world can't get it because they don't trust God their father. So when they say, oh yeah, God does this, and they're like, Pfft. understand, the natural man can't understand this. Now, here's the problem. For me, I'll admit, probably for you, because we're all humans, is when I get myself into a place where I don't like it, or the circumstances aren't the one way, sometimes I'm the natural man. <laughs> I'm the one who wants to start saying, well, the natural man doesn't understand. You're right, my natural man doesn't. But you know which one does? When I trust in God's Holy Spirit and start comparing Scripture with Scripture, spiritual with spiritual, and then I can go, you know what? God, maybe I don't get the whole thing, but I trust you. But when the old natural man starts kicking up, that's when I go, what are you doing? Keep going. Comparing spiritual with spiritual. Dividing and comparing 
the word of God. We have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Okay? His word. You don't like your circumstances? Neither did John the Baptist. But Jesus said, look again to the word of God. Trust me. I'm doing things exactly the way I have laid it out from the beginning. Last little bit. Can you understand God's plan? Yeah. Do you know every detail of it? Nope. I don't want to know. But can we know that God's working his plan without skipping a beat, never goes, takes a nap, never on vacation, never has a, you know, a moment of slipping? He is on top of it all the time, and we can trust because we can know. The word of God gives us information. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I don't know about you guys, but when I read this again about John, and again, Jesus is going to brag on John in the rest of this chapter. We're going to look at it next week. He says, there's never been somebody born of a woman who's better than John. I mean, this guy is high on Jesus' list of guys, even though John just sent, in, sent to Jesus and said, you know, <laughs> I don't get it. Is this really, God, what you're saying? Are you Messiah? Are you the one? Jesus said, even throughout these doubts, Jesus said, you know, John the Baptist is a sharp cookie. I like the fact that God gives us real human instances so I don't have to feel so bad when I go, uh, Lord, I remember me. And he reminds me, go back to the word. Remember, if you look at the word of God, I'm doing things exactly like I said I would. Trust me. So today, as we're starting out this new year, tomorrow, we're saying goodbye to this old one. And there's been some stuff that went on this year that I'm shaking my head at going, Lord, uh, huh, never seen it this way ever before. I can go to his word and reminded that he's running this plan. I can understand it. Maybe not the details. Like I said, don't want them. But we can trust him. 2024 is another year where God's in control and we got to believe he's doing exactly what he plans to do. We just need to find what our part is in that. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, uh, help me to apply this more to my life. I am not going to stand up here and say, I got this down, Lord. <laughs> That'd be a whopper of a lie. There are many times where I look at circumstances and I start questioning, start wondering, start thinking, I, I, I just can't imagine it's like this. And I remember to go back again and look at your word. It reminds me to trust that you are doing exactly what you have always planned on doing. You gave us enough information in your word to help us to have an understanding that you are in charge. And Father, we can trust you. So, Lord, it has been an amazing year of blessings. And, Lord, we're looking for a new year, Father, that we can step back and trust you and go to your word and understand that maybe this is the year that you wrap everything up. Father, this might be the time real soon. And your word points to it, Lord. We may not know the day or the hour, but we can see clearly in the scripture that uh, things are working out just the way you said they would. Father, help us as one 
three-word phrase in there that I want to focus on as we're ending. Father, that command from Christ, go and show. So simple. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.